Ooh. <laughs> the music of the Fox Valley. Hi. Hi, Dad. Hi, Brits. I'm excited to have you on here. Happy birthday. Well, thank you. You're going to be 70. Yeah. That's a big deal. Nah. Are you nervous? No. You're not nervous? No. What? Not really. Are you excited? No. It's just another number. Okay. 30 was tough. 70, that's easy. I thought 20 was tough for you. Oh, 20 was tougher. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that one. <laughs> what happened at 20? Did you go into a deep depression? No, no. Just... No, it wasn't 20. It was 30. Yeah. Are you sure? 30. I heard yeah, it was no, 20. No, 20, 20 was fine. I didn't even know what's going on when I was 20. 30. That was, was college, fine. army, that stuff, you know? Yeah. But 30 is when you realize you're getting older. That's yeah, okay. I'm past 30. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so I want to know about um, your your life, because you started out as an artist. You went to MCAT back in the day. I did. What was it like to go to MCAT back in the 1800s? Yeah, <laughs> 1800s. I don't know. It was fine. You know, it was school. What year was it? Uh, 70. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. 70s? 1970. 1970? Yeah. Was it a lot of work? Was it, how was it? No, nah, it wasn't a lot of work. Uh, it was enlightening, I guess you'd say. Okay. Um, I, uh, I was really into my art then, but realized that, um, uh, it wasn't necessarily the way I was going to go in as far as my career. Sure. And, uh, yeah, so, but it was good. So, I enjoyed it. Y- y- what made you decide in the beginning to be an artist? Oh, I think that's probably comes from my mother because she's very artistic and they saw some of that in me when I was very young, so they uh, kind of guided me that way. Uh, took some classes when I was in grade school or high school and it just started uh it just started moving that way you know you made a lot of um amazing paintings that i've seen well thank you yeah stacy's got one hung up in her house and grandma's got one above her bed and oh yeah yeah you got some good work you don't paint that much anymore no uh i lost interest in it okay yeah yeah so, so tell me about that journey of losing interest in your painting. Well, it uh, started out when I got drafted in the army. I guess you know. Did you get drafted, or did you join? Well, I I joined, but well, let's back up. I was I was about to be drafted. I knew that I'd be drafted, so I volunteered so that I could finish up at uh, school. Okay. And then go into the army. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And you are happy with that decision? Uh, looking back, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the good decisions in my decisions in my life. Yeah. So then you went into the army, and then what happened? I know you 
ended up in Germany? Well, yeah. I While I was in basic training, they give you a series of tests. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that they identified some skills I had in journalism. And they pulled me aside and said, uh, we'd like to send you to school to be a journalist. And But for, for doing that, you have to uh, extend your your um, time with the army, which I did. Cool. Um, <laughs> that's very cool. So then, so how long were you a journalist out there in in the army? Uh, three years. Three, three years. years. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to be in Germany and report the news for the military, right? Yeah, I didn't really report the news. What I what I did was I worked in a uh, public affairs office, and my job was to create stories that were that brought the um, that involved the army and the civilians. So it was like some uh, goodwill type stories. Cool. Americans being there. Yeah. Oh, cool! Yeah. Very cool. Do you have any good stories about living out there? You were there for what three years? Oh yeah, I've got stories. <laughs> I don't know how good they are, but yeah. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that happened was I uh, I had a news show on the radio, and uh, some of the guys at the Porsche Porsche Design Studio would listened to it and one day they came to the studio and uh, got to know him a little bit and invited me over for dinner and made some really good friends yeah some very good friends yeah that you still talk to today oh yeah 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 still stay in contact yeah very cool um any other fun stories out there that you, you think of oh let's see uh, well, in those days, military had very short hair, and the civilians had very long hair. Oh, okay. And I got a call from a hair studio in downtown Stuttgart, and they wanted to know if we had some uh, military guys who would volunteer to have their hair cut because they wanted to practice on short hair, and that was hard to find. Oh. <laughs> so I... I had a hard time finding people, so I volunteered myself as one of them. Oh, nice. So it's downtown Stuttgart, and um, drove my car down, parked it in a uh, department store parking lot down below. And when they were done cutting my hair, I went back for my car, and it was locked up. They had locked up the parking lot for the night. I couldn't get at it. <laughs> So the next morning, a buddy of mine and my wife and I, we drove down to pick up my car, and it was totally stripped. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, totally stripped. Windows, steering wheel, everything. It was sitting on blocks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh, so yeah. Don't leave your car in the parking lot. Not in those days. Yeah. I mean that's can happen now too. Yeah. That happens. But oh 
Do you need to get that? No, no. that's not for me. Okay. <laughs> that's not, not for, for me. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's, yeah, that's wild. And I, I feel like you've had a lot of car things that have happened out there. I feel like I remember you saying that, like, it something about like an e-brake or something going down a hill over a train track oh yeah 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 well that car that i was talking about before it was stripped it's trouble well it only had two gears i couldn't afford much i mean i paid like 500 dollars for it or something and uh, it was a it was an old plymouth uh, three-speed i think yeah it had to be a three-speed on the floor (laughs) but it only had two gears Anyway, uh, the starter was out on it also. So I'd park it up on a hill, and then I'd roll it down down and throw it into gear. Oh, my gosh. Well, one day it snowed. And so now I throw it into gear, and it just slides down the hill, and it lands right on the middle of the railroad tracks. (laughs) Now, every morning the railroad comes in and picks up people, brings them in a Stuttgart. And... uh, so I'm in, I'm dressed in an army suit, and uh, so I run back to the apartment, grab some boots, come back, and I dig into the tracks, and I'm trying to push my car across very slowly. And at the station, you can see people watching me, right? <laughs> but I'm in my army uniform, and they did not like having the army there, so... Anyway, I uh, I was able to push it across the tracks, and I think the train missed it by about a foot. Oh my gosh! Yeah, sounds like that Plymouth went through some serious serious things. Yeah, the uh, when it was stripped down, that was the end of it. What was really cool though is my buddy Otto had this really nice Volkswagen Beetle oh. Bug, you know the original, and he had it really tweaked out i think the thing was the thing was really fast and he let me use it for six months while i was still there oh to nice my tour now you know you really like cars before you even went out there i did yeah. yeah you've liked cars when did you start liking cars high school okay yeah what got you into it I, you know i'm not sure i just oh. had uh, a love for british cars oh okay uh that I couldn't afford, uh, but my first car was a used Sunbeam Alpine that I bought from a priest that <laughs> used it to tour Europe. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. And do they take it on the boat and then? Yep. Or something. Yeah. Oh cool. Ship, probably ship boat. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That was like the, it's kind of like the beginning of your journey in life. Yeah. It was. I feel like that car was uh that was before the army yeah yeah right it's like yeah that's cool um so then you've dabbled in you're an artist you're a car a car geek yeah. <laughs> um and you also did some photography as well in your life i did yeah a little bit yeah talk about that uh, well, I got into photography when I again when I was in the army, mm-hmm. and uh, I was an information specialist. So I had to uh, a lot of times I had to do my own photography. 
And then when I came back, I was an editor for a publishing company and met a, a gentleman there who was very interested in photography. And he and I, for a short period of time, had a studio. Where was that? Downtown Minneapolis. Very cool. Yeah. You had like a whole photo studio with lights and stuff? Oh, yeah. What kind of stuff did you photograph? You know, we just did uh, a lot of advertising for uh, local dealers. And probably our most memorable was when they were uh, planning to build the dome, which is no longer there. We did a cover photo shoot for one of the uh, city magazines. Like City Pages? Was that around? Yeah. I don't know if it was called that, yeah. but it was something like that, yeah. It was a long time ago. Cool. What, like 1979? Uh, yeah, probably right in there. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. That's probably why I'm a photographer, right? Probably. Got your eye. Yeah. 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 You have a good eye. I think you were the one that started me on photography when I was younger. Most likely. You know, your mother is also interested in photography. Oh, yeah. She's... She and I always talked when we were young and probably before we were married, we talked about it'd be fun to have our own uh, photo studio, or not studio, uh, uh, our, own, our own little uh, area to develop photos. This is before digital, of course. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, a, you know, yeah, not a studio, a but a dark room. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That would be fun. Yeah. You can still do it. Well, you don't need a dark room anymore, do you? I mean, I know people that have dark rooms, but it's a dying yeah. art. Yeah. Her father had a dark room, too. He did. Mm -hmm. I also remember going in there and very looking cool. at it when I was and little. And some very cool equipment. I know. Yeah. I have fond memories of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys both were into photography. Uh -huh. Yep, yep. I, I'm saying that because I, I took a, I used to have a camera on me since I was like in first grade, yeah. and I'd always take pictures, and I had that picture of, um, Erpu and Trouble, our oh, dog, yeah, right, right, in our backyard, and you liked it so much, even though my finger was through it, <laughs> you still liked it, and you put it on the fridge, and you were like raving about it yeah i remember that yeah so i think that was the beginning of me becoming obsessed with taking photos yeah i mean i think i was obsessed before i always had a camera in my bag so right yeah yep that was you that still is oh yeah 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 so anyways um oh jeez Lots of, lots of banging over there, Dad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a noisy guy. I know. Um, I just have to do this. Fox Valley Jazz. <laughs> 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 All right. That's good. <laughs> okay. Sorry. That's okay. Don't be sorry. So, yeah. That's awesome. I just, um, I think that's great that you have an art career and you're, um, you started out as an artist, and then you became not so much of an artist in your life. Right. So then after all these creative outlets and even journalism is kind of um, 
kind of goes with like photography and stuff and um what happened after that uh let's see so i after the army i immediately worked for uh callan publishing and that's uh callan publishing by lake calhoun which is now biddy makeska it's what biddy i can't say biddy makeska they changed the name of lake calhoun Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Boy, I'll have a hard time pronouncing that one. I already do. I'm probably embarrassed. Do they have some short, like, uh, initials for it or something? Or the lake over by... <laughs> yeah, the lake. But that's where it was, right? It was over yeah. by the lake. Okay. Uh, yeah, not far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you were a journalist there for a while. I really wasn't a journalist. I was an editor. Oh, okay. You're yeah. an editor. Yeah. Nice. But your now wife was a journalist there. She was, yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's where you guys met? That's where we met. Nice. <laughs> nice. And then, so then you were a journalist for a while, and then <clears throat> you even changed careers after that. Yeah. Uh, I realized, it's kind of like what I had realized when I was at uh, MCAT, is that I, I really had, I really wanted to make more money. And sure. looking at people that had been in that business for their whole life weren't making the kind of money I wanted to make. So once I was out of there, I... Uh, I looked a different direction. It just so tr- it turns out that my father did very well in sales, so I thought I'd give that a try. And you started at Radio Shack. No, Shock Electronics. Shit, that's right. I yeah. Know. I gotta go way back. <laughs> Shock Electronics. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where you met your friend Stephen. Yes, I was actually a customer of his at first, and. Uh, probably a very good customer because I was very much into electronics and sure. audio equipment and uh, bought a lot of things from him. What do you think about my audio equipment? It's pretty cool. All right. Yeah, I like Not it. Not too shabby, huh? No. All right. Pretty amazing what you can do with small... Devices? Yeah. Yeah. Travel-sized. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, uh, back to your story about your journey on... Your sales journey. Well, I was at Shock Electronics, and then after that, I uh, actually I worked for a, a company called Drummond out of Chicago, which was terrible. I wanted to get into outside sales because really that's where you had some opportunities, and so I tried Drummond, and it was terrible. It was selling industrial chemicals to oh. uh, hotels and uh, car dealers and uh, I didn't like it so I didn't do very well at all you got to love the product right? I didn't do well at all there's nothing enthusiastic about chemicals no yeah no no in the meantime uh, my friend Steve Fong he had started a business and that was with uh, remote radar detectors, which kind of fell into my interest with cars. Oh, yeah. So he and I uh, worked on that venture for a while, and uh, we did have a falling out. 
and from there I went to Rico. From there you went to Rico? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yep. So Stephen too is is kind of the master inventor. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, and he is an inventor. Yeah. 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 yeah he he came up with the idea of uh, doing these remote radar detectors, which is really cool. You'd mount them behind a bumper. Oh wow. Uh, so that you know the end of it hanging from the mirror or anything. Cool. Yeah. Did that do well? Did they did they still have those? Uh, it did well for a while, but like everything, the industry changed, and uh, they came out with their own. The company that we use for the, uh, building the product, they came out with their own remote radar detector. Oh. And that kind of put a stop to it. So. Yeah. Hmm. But Stephen still does a lot of things like that. Yeah. You know, his company's named Remote Systems. You know, oh, cool. He still does uh, sell things under that label. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So then um, you started at Rico, and that's kind of where you've been for a while. I loved it at Rico, yeah. Yeah. I started out as a salesman selling fax equipment. Yeah. And in those days, nobody knew what a fax machine was. (laughs) So you basically have to explain to the customer the benefits, and then you'd have to call the people that they would communicate with and explain it to them. Yeah. So you'd usually sell two or three, not just one. Um. That's cool. Oh, we got a little we got a little music in the background here. It's nice. It is nice. That's someone's um, phone. That's that's my mom's phone. Probably. Yeah. But um so when you were selling fax machines, I believe one of your customers were Prince. Oh no, that goes back to Shock Electronics. Oh, okay. I thought and that's that was where I met fax. Prince. We had a we can't leave that story out. <laughs> yeah, we had a um, a meeting at a at a recording studio, mm-hmm. and that's where I met Prince. And in those days, he wasn't he wasn't known at all. I don't think he he didn't have any recordings or anything at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I ended up selling equipment to him. Very cool. Yeah. Yep, and he would give me, he gave me, a couple times he gave me tickets to his show at First Street Station. First Avenue? First First Avenue, I'm sorry. It's been a while. That's okay. Yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. And one time I actually, he and I watched the opening show, which was, oh, who was it? I can't think of Someone famous? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I'd love to know who you watched a show with Prince with. Who you watched. <laughs> well, it wasn't that long. He was up next. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Yeah, I can't remember his name now. Anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, I knew Prince uh, briefly. And uh, so a lot of equipment to his sister when he, after he became famous. And, uh, yeah. Have you ever been to his Purple Studio? I haven't. What about his home in Chanhassen? Chanhassen. That's where the studio's at, I believe. No, I haven't. Nope. Hmm. I'd like to see it, though. Even after he's passed, you like to go visit? Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. they have it open. You yeah. can 
pay a fee. He was a really, you know, he's a quiet guy, and he, but he was really nice. I mean, not but quiet and nice. Yeah. You know, he's a good guy. Yeah. That's why everyone loved him. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, besides the fact that he had really good music. Yeah. But, yeah, I think a lot of people really liked him. He was really caring to people. Yep. And he, yeah. I know. I've never ran into him. I, that was my on my bucket list, and he passed before that could have happened. Yeah, I was. You know, it's funny when you know somebody like that, and then you see him uh, become famous. It's like I don't. I still think of him when I how I knew him. You know, mm-hmm. more than uh, it's kind of odd seeing him famous like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well deserved. It's like a different person out there, you know. Yeah. You got you got your your character that you show and then the person that you actually right. are as a person. Yeah, cuz he was a showman, you yeah. know. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Do you listen to his music ever? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. He's great. He's a great musician. Yeah. You know, my only story with him was when we were in Scotland, and I was at a thrift store. Okay. And we were in Glasgow, right? Yep. And I was at the thrift store, and this woman who was working at the thrift store asked me where I was from, and I told her Minneapolis, and she just looked at me and was like, you know Prince. <laughs> Could have said your dad does. <laughs> I know, and I, well, her her real question was: Has Prince ever knocked on your door and asked you to become a Jeho- Jehovah Witness? Because what? apparently, she was obsessed with Prince, and apparently, he was a Jehovah Witness. Oh, I didn't know that. And they're known to go door to door, so she was sure. like, "Have you ever had him knock on your door and <laughs> ask you to join?" Right. That's what she said. No. You should have said yeah, but I didn't want to join. Yeah. <laughs> I asked for an autograph instead. Right. But I thought that was bizarre, you know, out of all, you walk into a place and you run into a Prince fan, you know. Well, he's obviously put uh, put it on the on the map, or Minneapolis on the map. Yeah. 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 And the day he passed, I happened to be wearing that dress I bought from that thrift store. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's wild. Yeah. Fun little connections. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I even actually sold that dress last year on my vintage Etsy shop. It's a beautiful dress. I just kind of got too big for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but I sold it online, and someone in California bought it, and I wrote them a note about the story of the dress. So hopefully they liked it. Yeah. 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 So anyways... um, we're, we didn't start out with um, what are your three favorite foods. So let's talk. Let's Sorry. talk about that. It's okay. Let's talk about that. Um, your three favorite foods. So they are lobster. Lobster, which I believe we're gonna get some lobster for you. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the whole point of this. Well, that's cool. We get to have a meal and photograph it. So, oh. we usually we do that before the before the um, actual podcast, but this time we're doing it a little backwards. Okay. So, what was your other two though? Uh, crab legs and steak. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. That so what great. are your three favorites? Um, I don't think you're supposed to ask me any questions. <laughs> <laughs> sure you can. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. Because um, I like a lot of things. But if I were to say right now my three favorite things, I would say crab legs and Thai curry and oh gosh I really like grits really <laughs> yeah I love grits it's yeah I have some at home and it's really cheap you just they're like a dollar fifty for a whole container of grits that lasts like two weeks and you make grits and eggs and shrimp if you want shrimp wow. and grits it's delightful huh yeah. Well, the first two I knew for sure, but the grits, it's yeah, a surprise. Yeah, sur- I, I threw a surprise at you. Yeah. I know. I'd never had them growing up, but, you know, I've always loved them. Every time I went to a restaurant and had the old grits, I think I'm a southerner stuck in a uh, Midwestern body. Did you have grits when you went down south? No, I didn't, but I did have Nashville hot chicken, and I did have some collard greens, which is also one of my favorite foods. Okay, sure collard greens, shrimp and grits, Nashville hot fried chicken. Give it all to me. <laughs> I love Southern food. That's great. Yeah. Surprise. I'm not a fan. No? No. Why? Not of the food. I'm a fan of their their uh, their temperature down there, but not the food. Oh, okay. Why not the food? I don't know. You don't like crawdaddies? Oh. I get very sick on crawdaddies. Yeah, I I'm afraid of them, and I like, I like uh, shrimp and stuff. But I've had a a, a a seafood boil crawdaddy thing where you just lay it all out on the table in a backyard. But that was here in someone's backyard during okay. a photo shoot. It was like a one year old baby photo shoot, and they're like, "All right, you know, Britt, have some have some crawdaddies," and I tried it, and it was a little it's a little unsettling. I had a plate full of them in uh, Louisiana, in New Orleans, and that was loaded with hot sauce. Oh, yeah. You know how I love hot sauce. Yeah. So um, I really enjoyed them, but I paid the price for about three days. It was really bad. Did you think, do you think you ate a bad one, or was it just I don't hot know. sauce? I don't know. Yeah. You know, they're... They're not, uh, they're not as tasty as shrimp. No. Um, and uh, I, I probably just had some bad ones, obviously, because yeah. a lot of people eat them. So yeah, you know. Well, it's anything, especially seafood. It's kind of a gamble. Right. You know, you're not really yeah. But it's one of those things where you have a bad experience, then I don't eat them anymore. Yeah. I've never had them since. Oh, yeah. I get that. But yeah. if it was a really good experience, maybe you'd love them. Probably, yeah. 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 Ooh, I really like pot roast. You found that out, too. I love pot roast. Same here. Oh, it's so good. And it's easy to make. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. well, in the the way we make it, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess there's a lot of favorite foods that I like, but, um, and I'm sorry, I had it wrong. I think I might be getting you crab legs, not lobster that's that's good so we'll try to figure cool. that out all right anyways um but yeah okay so that's that's great so you're a minneapolis guy but 
you have been living in Wisconsin for a fair amount of time, and you're kind of not a Minneapolis guy anymore. Correct. So what happened there? Uh, well, I changed jobs. I, uh, I mean, it's kind of a long story, but I found this opportunity out here in, mm -hmm. in uh, northeastern Wisconsin. And I love it here. Yeah. I absolutely love it. It's beautiful here. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not real far south of Minneapolis, but it's far enough south that the winters aren't quite as brutal as the Twin Cities. I like that. Yeah, I guess it's not as brutal, is it? But it's pretty close. Uh, <laughs> No. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, I feel you. Take it for, I've lived there a lot longer than you have. It is really beautiful out here, though. It, it is. It really is, yeah. yeah. Even just walking around this neighborhood, so quiet. And, and for some reason, the people in Wisconsin are just really super friendly. They are super friendly. Probably because they don't, I don't know. I don't know why it is. Yeah. But, but I agree And right with here, you. like you said, you know, it's surrounded by water. Yeah. Um. It's quiet. Yeah. Not a lot of traffic. Yeah. Uh, yet, if we want to go to Chicago, it's a couple hours away. Yeah. Um, you got Lake Michigan, what, 30 minutes away? Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. So you don't plan on moving back? You don't know? Well, that's not true. We, we don't know what we're going to do yet, but the original plan is to move back to the Twin Cities. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. All right. So, so tell me, um, would you ever consider getting back into your creative side now that you're retired? Yes. Yeah. Start painting or? Yeah, probably drawing. Drawing. You, like, you really yeah. like drawing. Probably get into drawing first. Yeah. You should. Do but you have I'm a still paper I'm still recovering from my injury, so. Oh, yeah. you know what would be really cool? It would be like, I mean, oh gosh, you should do your injury recovery sketchbook. Every <laughs> like every day you sketch and you have like a new picture and you show the progress of your hands yeah. and it would be a great exercise for you and it would. You could even have, I mean, I would go see that art gallery. I think that yeah. would be cool. I think that'd be super cool. Hmm. Yeah. Just like I had Ian Sorley on here um, a few episodes back, and he actually was missing a pinky, and he's a drawer and, um, and a painter, or I mean, not a painter, and a um, musician, but he got into music because he didn't have a pinky, so it made it unique that he would play the guitar differently. Oh yeah, so right. stuff like that, or like right. when he draws, he like trace his hand without a pinky, you know, and right. then like make that a art piece of artwork. Yeah. I think that like like having an injury style art piece would be really really cool. I know. I thought about how it would how I would draw with my hands the way they are because they're not you know they're not totally they're functional like a hand or I mean like a hand should be, but not normally. Yeah. Not normal. But it would be a fun exercise, too, I yeah. think, and really stimulate you. Sure. Oh, I, yeah. Do you have the supplies to do that? No. 
Okay. Well, you have a birthday coming up. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right. All right. I got. I got some ideas here. Cool. Well, if you ever want to help getting into an art gallery, let me know. I'll set oh, you I th- up. I think you're getting ahead of, ahead of me now here. <laughs> I, I mean, Dad, you got to have goals. True. Start small, but then That's we'll true. get you into an art gallery. There you go. That's a great retirement plan. Heck yeah. I like it. I do too. I'm exci- I feel like I'm more excited than you. <laughs> I don't get real excited anymore. I don't know. I haven't for a long time. It's not that I'm not excited about life or anything. I mean, it just... As you get older, you get less excited. I think so. Sure. Um, I felt the same way just as being in my 30s. But recently, there's certain things where you work so hard and you accomplish something that you can sit back and be like, I'm excited for this next thing to happen. Sure. You know, like, I feel like it's not like it used to be where you're like, ooh, I can't wait. It's like, wow, this is exciting. You know, you can just feel that, like, you know, and as a a, just, you know, but. I I think I get excited after. Oops, sorry. I I get excited about things. In that in that sense, after I've accomplished something. Yeah. 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 I think that yeah I think that is, I feel the same yeah I think that's pretty normal because, as a kid or younger I guess when you get excited about something it's different is because when you get older you kind of know the process it's like, oh I'm going on a trip that's exciting. But I have to clean my house before I go. I have to get all my stuff in line. I got to pack. I got to exactly that kind of right. thing for yes. an example. Right, that's a good example because yeah. when I would take trips, you would say, "Are you excited?" And I go, "No, not really," because I've got all these things, like you said. Yeah, it's like. But all of a sudden, uh, you're into the trip. You go, "Well, once, this is exciting." Yeah, once I'm on the airplane, <laughs> I'll be excited. Right. Or something. Yeah, or I think that's just car, yeah. human nature. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're really messing around with that cord, huh? Sorry. Here. Why don't we just move the device? You got a shorter cord. might help. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, how, do you, how do you stay motivated then? Is like, you know, you're saying it's harder to get excited as you get older. How do you stay motivated and ex- excited, in quotes, about, like, life or, you know, what, what gets you out of bed? What gets me out of bed? Yeah, like what what do you you know we get older and we find less things to find motivation in, you know, it's hard to keep that momentum of being motivated. Uh I've never really thought about it, but uh right now my motivation is to improve. And I've been doing that. Yeah. Because I guess, okay, we're talking on this podcast, we haven't even addressed your injury. So if people no, are listening, haven't. they have no idea what we're talking about. Okay. So, so Dad, do you want to just kind of talk about the injury that you had and what you're learning to do? Sure. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, uh, I fell. Mm-hmm. And it turns out I had a bone spur that was an arthritic bone spur that was sitting right next to my uh, spinal cord. So when I fell, it pinched my spinal cord and uh, paralyzed me. 
fortunately, it was it didn't go all the way through. Otherwise, I wouldn't be I, I would still be a quadriplegic. Mm-hmm. So I was temporarily quadriplegic. But it turns out that your spinal cord, when it's injured, is the slowest healing organ in your body. Uh, and it heals very slow, like uh, centimeters per day. Uh, so that's been my challenge. It, my, my doctor told me it's up to myself and my therapist how well I'm going to come out of this. Um, so I've been working my way from a wheelchair to walking with one cane. And now my goal is to walk without a cane. It's a good goal. Yeah. So I know your, your goals right now are a little different than your goals four years ago. You know? Well, four years ago, my goals were in sales. Yeah. I mean, and now, and yeah. now they're different, and right. that changes, I think, for everybody. So, but it it's still you wake up every day and you gotta work on your physical therapy and you gotta make those progressions right. to get better. So that all right, we cut out there, but we we're talking about your um, physical therapy and you using a cane, and how your goals are to get to that point. And every day now. How do you stay motivated to do the exercises? Good question. Um, the when, when I see progress, that's what motivates me. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and I have a a sheet of of exercises to do, and and I should say I have not been doing them lately, but it's okay because. We've had so much company and people to see oh, okay. that that has been just absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and I think that motivates me too because I'd like to get back into doing more exercise now and and, and get as, as well as I can to be around family and friends. Um, yeah. You know, during this last winter, it was just every day exercise, exercise, exercise. And it, it's paying off. Uh, this time last year, there's no way I could have walked with one cane. I was having a hard time walking with two canes. And you're getting progress. Right. Yeah. Right. That's great. Yeah. And I remember seeing you where you could barely hold your phone. You made a little device so you could hold things. Oh, I couldn't. Your mom had to feed me. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't uh, use my hands to eat. Wow. Yeah. And now look where you're at. Right. You're sitting here doing a podcast. Right. It's, you wheeled uh, in your I'm, own chair, I'm too. Lucky, I'm a lucky man, that's yeah, for sure. You very are. It could have been so much worse, and I think we're all very happy about that. Well, so, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, 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 I like to... And I have my driver's license. Yes, and you've been driving. Yes, so, that's a big one. That was a big one, yeah. Yeah, especially your passion of driving. Right. And you can drive on your own, too. Right. Oh, yeah. You've gone out and... Yeah, and you have an automatic, so if you had like a stick shift, like if you were to drive my car, would you be able to do that? Uh, yes, but at first not very well. You'd have to practice. You'd probably grind the gears. Well, <laughs> no, <laughs> I wouldn't grind the gears. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> But who knows? But no, uh, because it's a little different driving now than it was before. Even though I have my license, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some challenges there. I really need to practice driving more yet, believe it or not. But I'm doing fine. 
I mean, I'm not dangerous or anything like that. So, do I need to give you a fidgeter? I'll use this. Okay. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. Okay. You're the most fidgety person, and you keep trying to fidget with. Well, it's stuff so noisy here. Yeah, you can't fidget with stuff on the table there. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Um, it's funny. Um. Yeah, so that's great. But I so aced you... my driver's test, so. Oh, con yeah! Congratulations. What, that know, was that, that was a huge challenge because I was so worried about. Let me back up. When I'm at therapy at the hospital, uh -huh. you talk to people around you that are getting therapy. And one of the guys said that when you take your driver's test, you know, you might get a license where you can drive a few hours a day, can't drive at night. Uh, you have to have it uh, renewed once a year and approved by a doctor to prove that you're still capable of driving. Oh, wow. Yeah. So those are things I was concerned about. You didn't want that. No. I want to be able to just drive normal. Freedom. So I, I bone up on, on everything I need to know about the test. And uh, after I take the, the driver's test, the, uh, the gentleman that's, that's uh, testing me, he said, well, let's go into a conference room and talk. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. So as we're walking to the conference room, I said, well, did I pass the test? And he goes, well, let's talk. Uh oh. I know. <laughs> so we get in the conference room and he goes, Yes, you passed the test. Ah. He goes, uh, You only had one. You did everything perfect except uh, on one turn you turned a little bit wide. He said, Actually, I'm really impressed with your driving. Oh. So then he said, Why don't you go out back in the uh, main area and wait for me? I'm going to call the DMV, and then I'll talk to you. Okay. Okay. So what he did is he called them and told them that I don't need to have the one-year renewal either. He said he has just a normal license like everyone else. He's a good driver. Whoa. Yeah. You made it. So I was it. really excited the about that. The Wexler hits yeah. again. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And then you can, have you drove yourself to, um the racetrack at I, all? Or? I have, yeah. Cool. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. That's I so know. cool. Did you go any races this year? Uh, yes. I went to one. With your friend, yeah, Miller? Yeah, with Jim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Tom, actually. And Tom. Tom okay. was here, too. Nice. So yeah. that feels good. It was great. Yeah. And actually, I've been to the track more than that. When, it, when you said race, I had to pause because I've been to the track several times besides the race. Okay. Yeah. But, but I just... Yeah, I was curious yep. if you actually got to see a race this year. I did. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, so, it had been two years since I'd been to the track. Wow. Yeah. If you were to give advice to somebody who has a serious injury like you did and they feel um, just totally hopeless, what would you say to them? I'd say never give up. Mm -hmm. Never give up. Just keep working at it. Did your did it take a lot of mental effort to get yourself to feel that way, or do you think that um, your brain wanted to survive and your brain was telling you to keep going, or what did you have to push yourself to get to that point? Uh, well, I never felt that I was pushing myself as much as I just knew that I had to get better. Okay. And that was my number one goal. You know, whatever it takes. Um, when 
the therapists were asking me, are you tired? I go, no, let's keep going. She'd say, can you do this? And I'd say, well, let's find out, you know, let's do it. Uh, just, yeah, just keep pushing yourself. Yeah. So after you feel better and you can start moving a little bit more and get to your goal, no cane and whatever your other goals are, do you think you're going to want to keep going and start getting buff and doing workouts and <laughs> making those kind of goals, physical goals, because you're so used to it? Oh, I absolutely. That would be good. I'm not sure if I'll be able to get to a point where I'll be buff. I'm 70 years old. Hey, <laughs> I, I've, you, I think it's possible. You can get pretty buff. But I know your muscles stop. They start to deteriorate a little bit when you get older, but yeah, yeah. You can still work on it. Those are great goals. Oh yeah, absolutely. No. Eat a yeah. lot of protein. Take some creatine. Take some supplements. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a health expert, but yeah, watch out, world. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> New bodybuilder coming at you. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> You've never been a bodybuilder, have you? No. 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 You. What? What stopped you from that? Never thought about it, you know. I, I mean, I th- think about weight. Sure. I've been overweight a few times, and I'm overweight now. Sure, you don't look it. Yeah, well, I need to I need to lose weight. I would imagine it would be hard when you aren't as physical as you used well, to that's be. Well, that's the, yeah. You used to be a, you used to be a pretty uh, good biker, bicyclist. You yeah. biked all the time. Yep. Can you, but I you didn't a, do that for weight. I did that for my heart. Well, are you excited to someday get back on the bike? Oh, I'd love to get back on the bike, yeah. Yeah. Do you think sure. that, that'll be your next goal? And like yeah. A two-year, one-year, well, three-year goal? Well, yes. Uh, that is a goal. That's a, whoops. <laughs> that's a short-term goal. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, that's a long-term goal. Short-term is to actually figure out where we're going to live. <laughs> Because <laughs> we're homeless right now. You're not homeless. <laughs> yes, we, well. That's that is a little dramatic. You have a home. I'm in it right now. Well, that's yes. Do you own this home? Uh, technically, yes. Okay, then technically you're not homeless. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Dramatic, dramatic, dramatic wax. All right. Well, um, what time are we looking at here? All right. So, so you stay motivated by every morning. You does music motivate you? What what gets you? Music entertains me, but it doesn't motivate okay. me. Well, what motivates you? Uh, I I guess I can't put any one thing on what motivates me i mean uh it's like a number of things it's like a buffet of things well everything i want to accomplish motivates me obviously you know and i've accomplished some of those so far yeah uh and like i said before what's motivating me now is to get better yeah i mean better than i am now seeing that future of you being on a bicycle motivates you oh yeah. yeah yeah 
And I see myself walking without a cane and running. Do you ever do the... Did, did they tell you in physical therapy to, like, close your eyes and visualize you being better and doing the motions at all? No, but your sister did. Okay. Yeah. Well, my sister and I read the same books. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Um... Yeah, because that's like power of visualization. Right. Yeah. Yes. So. I, I've done a lot of that. Yeah. yeah I still do. I think do. it's good. Yeah, yeah. I think it trains your brain. Yeah. I, 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 I But I don't see that as a motivator. I see that as a tool. I see that as a tool, too. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, just it's almost like a meditation. Once you see yourself doing the thing, it makes your brain click something like, oh, we can do yeah. this. And then, especially with physical things, I would imagine, like, it's almost like your brain is already doing the motions and now it's like it's like prepping and then when you do it your brain's already a couple steps ahead of you right you know so it's um yeah that's like like a an athlete that pictures doing something and works at doing it and mm-hmm. your brain sees that says okay i've got to do more of that and yeah. more of that and that's actually what applies to my injury also it's repetition sure and the more you do something that you can't do or work at it your brain said okay i've got to do things to help you do that yeah and it works cool i mean that repetition is what of the and telling the brain this is what i have to do uh is what uh has helped me a lot yeah so for instance my hands have very little sensation of touch. Yeah. But it had zero sensation of sensation of touch. Uh, so I would uh, put my hands in a bowl full of things that are like hard rice and things that are has texture. Yeah. And it's telling the brain, okay, we got to have the nerves connect there because he wants to be able to touch that. Whoa. And now I have developed some touch and feeling in my hands. Cool. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. The brain is fascinating. Yeah. Oh, I've learned a lot about this. Um, another thing is if you really want the brain to connect to something and it can't, it'll actually sometimes go around the damaged nerve and reconnect again. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. The body, it just keeps going and it's healing itself constantly. It's pretty cool. It is really cool. Brain's amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I have to absorb everything you said. (laughs) That's crazy. So you've learned a lot on this journey. Oh, more than I ever thought I'd know. (laughs) Do you ever look at um, your accident as less of a failure, but as like a giant learning lesson in in your life? Uh, well, yeah, we learn from everything, you know. Yeah. And I've learned a lot from this, sure, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Cool. Where do you think you want to go from it's, here? Not physically, but like, you know, with your life. Like, what is all that noise? Where do you want to go from here? You're retired. You, once you get your physical back on, is there, are there any things that you're reading about or learning about, new skills or? Uh, actually, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been reading about the stock market. Oh, well, then you can teach your daughter about some of that. 
Well, maybe. If you'd like, sure. <laughs> but no, uh, I don't know. I'm, th I'm, I'm not sure where I'm going to go. I mean, I've really focused on, on this right now. Yeah, just getting better. And the other thing is, where are we going to live? Yeah. Where are we going to move? But do you ever think about in between there, reading like a motivational book or learning, you know, some new insight or new knowledge or poetry? I don't know. No, not that really. That doesn't interest you? Not right now. Okay, no. sure. Uh. That's fair. Um, we got a lot of people running around in here. No, you're fine. You can run around. I'm just saying we just keep... <laughs> We're getting sidetracked over here. So, so how long until you think you'll be moving? I would probably say another year. Okay. And every day you're gonna move around and do your physical therapy and yeah, drive your car. Like I said, the big challenge right now is to get more more exercise, particularly for my legs. Mm -hmm. You know, getting out. So uh, that's that's number one right now. Cool. Be able to get that walking down better. Yeah. Thank you. So. I need a lot of crab legs because <laughs> now I'm hungry I'm thinking about those crab legs are you? yeah <laughs> I remember when you were little I used to uh, crack them spend my, most of my time at the restaurant cracking open crab legs for you and your sister yeah yeah that probably sucked for you ah uh, that's okay my mouth would be drooling I'd be like can I get to mine now? One time I talked uh, the uh, waitress into doing it for us. Yeah. And that was great. I, I do remember that. But now I am self-sufficient and I can... I'm yes, a pro, you are. I'm a pro cracker. Are you? Oh, yeah. I can do it even without a tool if you really want to get wild and so plastic. do you go... Where, where do you go to get crab legs? Um... Well, oh, I'm embarrassed to say this, but Pam and I like to go to... Red Lobster. There's nothing to be embarrassed about that. We go there, but um, I mean, I like to make them at home. Um, Tony yeah. gets like this like good deal at this grocery store where they sell just like crab pieces. Oh. And it's really cheap, and because they're like restaurants that don't use them, those parts for their because they're like ugly, they just don't look as pretty for their fine dining. So they sell it to this grocery store, yeah. and we get it for really cheap, and we just put a big pot and then sit around and eat these ugly crab pieces <laughs> but they're good they taste good yeah they're well just, that's they're cool just not i've never heard of a, that they're just not as attractive okay for a restaurant wow know, paying the big bucks so so we do that and then also you know on a budget because you know it's like what do you want for dinner crab legs heck yeah on a wednesday night with no occasion sure you know <laughs> like let's do it um, but then other than that, I guess, you know, buying them in the store, Hy-Vee has some pretty good ones. They're like the size of your wrist. Wow. They're pretty pricey, but. Yeah. Oof, they're good. 
I've been out of commission for almost two years as far as shopping or groceries or any of that. Sure. And uh, I was with your mom a couple of weeks ago. We thought, let's get crab legs. Yeah. And normally at festival, they would have a huge selection of crab legs. Mm-hmm. And they had almost none. They just had like this little tiny area. Oh. So I asked him what's going on, and he said, uh, uh, it, it, because of the, the COVID, it's the selection has become hey interruptions here anyways he said that because of the covid they had uh, didn't have enough employees oh wow Uh, he gave me a couple other reasons but anyways it was like 25 26 dollars a pound and i thought yeah i'm not gonna do it yeah it's expensive it's an expensive you know i guess um my issue with all of my favorite items, like foods, beverages, everything, everything I like is expensive. Yeah, right. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, when you ask me that, I think the cheapest thing I like is grits. But I really, really like oysters. Expensive. Oh, same here, yeah. Uh, crab legs, expensive. Right. And if you want to put a drink in front of me, I would like a very fine scotch. Expensive. Same here, yeah. So, I mean... If, you, if anyone wants to go on a date with me, you better have some money. <laughs> Just kidding. That's true. That's good. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Right? Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, anything else that you want to you wanna talk about? All right. Very nice. Great to have you here, Dad. Thanks for coming. Oh, I'm sorry I'm boring, but... I'm glad to be here. I don't think you're boring. Your story's great. (laughs) And uh, you are my creator, so, you know. Well, that's true. It's always good to have my creator, one of them. I used to say, what, uh, I brought you into the world, I can take you out. (laughs) You did say that. You always say it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad that you didn't find a need to take me out yet. Have you told anybody about the, uh, the button in your car that... Oh, no, why don't you tell everybody about that? When Brittany was little, she was very, very inquisitive and always asked me about the buttons on the car when we're driving, when I was driving. And uh, one time she pointed at the emergency light, or the emergency, yeah, emergency lights, and asked what that's for. And I told her that was for the ejection seat. I said, that will eject your seat out of the car. Her eyes lit up, and she started moving her fingers towards it. No, no, don't, don't touch that. You're, no, no. <laughs> you said I she believed it. <laughs> you said you could get very hurt. Don't touch that. And I'm like, I'm sure. And then you also used to tell me that every woman was into you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time we went anywhere, he'd turn and whisper in my little, into his. His six-year-old Whoops. daughter's ear. I think she's into me. Right. That's the look I always got. I loved it. Same look you just gave me. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. Yep. Well, <laughs> things don't change. Nope. Well, some things do, and some things just don't change. Yeah. But, um, all right, well, it's. I'm excited that you came on here, and... It's good to be here. 
It's great to be here. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I'm a lucky man. Yeah. I'm very lucky. So, all right. Well, let's go eat some food. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, one more button. Bye. Bye. Now hit. Work. I like that one. Thank you for listening to Brittany Wexler's Excelsior broadcast.